Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding. Thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of time with me here this morning. And uh, hopefully we have had our last winter blast. My goodness, it's uh, it really made us uh, made us pay for that uh, little bit of ease that we had in early December or November, whenever it was. It's come back, come back to get us. But we've got to be turning the corner because it's almost March. Imagine that. It's just crazy. It's, you know, I don't know. I mean, here we are in Lent and Easter's on the horizon and spring and it gets faster every year, just like dear old dad said it would. He told me that when I was young and I see it. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm 53 in a couple months, and all of a sudden retirement's not this, like, thing way, way down there. I'll work another 8, 10 years, but that doesn't seem very long compared to another 20 or 30, meaning that, you know, now it's finally like, okay, we've got to really be serious about all this, <laughs> about all this uh, paying stuff off and all those things, and uh, just thinking about you know, so my wife and I, you know, we moved to Des Moines with the kids in 16 and the kids will graduate. So we've been in Iowa since 2016. The kids will graduate in four years. And I don't know, uh, we're not from Iowa originally. I don't know if we'll stay in Iowa or keep a place here most of the time. It's hard to say. It's just the world is very different. Um, I mean, my dad, my dad, you know, he grew up in a very small town in northern Maine, kind of spitting distance from Canada. And uh, he then went to the military, and then when he got out, he lived in San Diego, Chicago, Cleveland, Denver, actually Boulder. And then got once he and my stepmom got a little bit older, they they decided winter was no longer for them and they got a place down in Florida and was, were going down there every year and then eventually went to full-time Florida. And so, you know, it's just, it's not, uh, I don't have this place. I mean, my mom's in Oklahoma and my stepdad and my aunt and I do have a grandmother still there. So we go down there a lot, but I don't know that I would really want to move back there. I'm fairly certain my wife wouldn't. But uh, But anyway, I don't know. I guess the reason I got off on this tangent is because it's already Lent and it's already Easter's in sight, spring breaks in a couple of weeks and all of these things. And it just it just seems to be clicking by faster and faster and faster. And I think that it does make you, if you are, there's just different things you think about with your health. Like I'm doing the, the Cologuard thing. Cologuard is... Colo, C-O-L-O, Colo Guard, is a test that you do at home and you send in a specimen to a lab and they tell, and it's for low risk people. So it's for people who don't, do not have a history of colon cancer and don't have any of the other list of risk factors. And you send that off and, you know, it's, it's like one of those things, oh, now I'm 50, I got to do the Colo Guard, I got to do... I'm having my heart checked over really well because, you know, I have a high-stress high occupation and, you know, I'm just getting to be that age. And it's just, uh, it's a different, the difference between really, honestly, 46, let's say, even, and turning 53, 
I mean, that's only seven years, but boy, that's a big seven years in with respect to just your mindset. Because at 46, I mean, you were just 30 <laughs> or just 35 anyway. And now it's like 53. So, wow. So in 12 years, I'm 65. And so that's just, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting thing to kind of move along. And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden I'm 30 years out of college. You know, that seems absolutely staggering. Time is funny that way. But it is, it is coming around spring. And so one thing that no matter how old you are, getting exercise is going to make your life better. It just flat out does. I still exercise. I'm going hard. I'm going to go f- anywhere between three and five days a week. Threes are really almost never three, usually four and most of the time five. And I alternate between working out and either I ride my stationary bike, which I'll ride my regular bike once it gets warm again, or uh, walk on the treadmill or do some high-intensity cardio or then lift weights at a gym here in town. And then, you know, I'm always, always, always thinking about what I'm putting into my body because the nutrition landscape in America has changed so unfavorably in the last 40 years. I mean, if you look back, if you look back at people in the 1960s, you look at pictures of Americans, crowds of Americans, families of Americans, nobody was obese. And now obesity is a plague. Well, you could maybe say that people are less active, although I don't, I'm not really sure I believe that. I don't, there's so many people that are so active now. I think overall, in aggregate, as a population, I mean, maybe people watch more TV than they did back then, but I, I think it's diet. How much you weigh is 80% diet, which is the hardest thing. It's, it's, it's easier to go to the gym than to, uh, I, you know, for me, I have some things that are kryptonite. Now, most of the time during the week, I'm really good. I'll eat fish or chicken or meat and cauliflower or broccoli for lunch and dinner, and then I do intermittent fasting so that once I eat my dinner, I'm not eating breakfast, I'm not eating again till lunch. So, you know, I make up my meals, I'm good to go. Then the weekends come around, and, and kryptonite for me is uh, pizza, I mean, and peanut butter. I just... When I see pizza, man, it just it, it just it pulls me in like a tractor. And peanut butter too. And so my wife has stopped buying peanut butter, but I will say that I ran out and bought a jar and ate half of it the other night because I was starving. But it's it's so it's hard. So my point is, it's it's really hard. There, you know, a lot of people are getting this new medicine, semaglutide. Ozempic is the brand name. I, I don't have a lot of thoughts about that. I mean, I think it's a personal decision. I mean, if you've been struggling with your weight, I do know that it's it's a medicine that they kind of feel like is a lifetime medicine. And they say that if you've been on it for a while, you can have real significant metabolic problems coming off of it. And and whether or not children ought to be giving getting that at age 12 is a discussion I probably shouldn't get into because I'll get very upset about it. But but anyway, so, you know, there are these new things, but I mean, I think the problem is, yeah, the problem with a medicine like that is it's basically telling you, don't worry about what you're eating, 
you know, just take this medicine. So hopefully if you are taking that or if you're getting suggested to take that, that you, you use that in combination with, you know, changing your dietary habits because, you know, it's not going to help your heart. Well, I shouldn't say that. It, it'll, it'll help your heart to lose weight no matter what. But if you lose weight and you are still eating a terrible, terrible diet, then, you know, it's not like you still can't get other problems. So, um, but you know, it's, it is, it is interesting. It's interesting that we even need as a society that we need that. I mean, I, I can't imagine Ozempic is a big seller, for instance, in, in Europe <laughs> or Australia or, you know, Japan. I just, I think that, uh, America has a uniquely unhealthy food system, uh, and the, what, what we're what we're sold when we go into the grocery store is high calorie, low nutrition food. And you know it's tasty, man. I do love some nacho cheese Doritos, but you know it it's not good for you. There's very little nutritional value there at all. It's certainly not the same as. Uh, the kind of diets that we had, like I said. But when, when I was young, we already, America, I think, had already gotten into this eating. And it's now, 50 years later, that we're seeing, I mean, because I was obese as a kid and until I was in eighth grade. And then in the summer between eighth and ninth grade, I was like, I'm not starting high school obese. And I mean, I was obese. I was, I mean, kids made fun of me all the time and I wore very large clothes. I mean, and then... By the time I was a sophomore, I was wrestling 141 pounds, which was a giant weight loss for me, uh, which I did, you know, just basically working out and watching what I ate. And so I understand it. It's, and it's been something that's always been part of uh, how I've had to approach the world just because it's like anything else. There's a, a genetic predisposition and then there's the environment. And that's what happens is you if you're, you're genetically predisposed to – being overweight and then you're in America, you're going to have a tough time. So anyway, that's the rant for today. So I am actually, as the magic of radio, it is a Thursday because Wednesday I couldn't come in and record when I typically do because I had an urgent surgery. And I am, when I'm done with this recording here Thursday early in the afternoon, I'm heading down to talk at a hospital and introduce myself around because we are, I talked about this a week or two ago, we're trying to expand the concept of St. Anthony's Hospital as a regional orthopedic provider. And it's, you know, I, I went over the reasons that it's well set up for that. So St. Anthony's Hospital in Carroll is 100 licensed beds. We don't always use 100, but we have 100 licensed bed, have a real significant ICU, two cardiologists, general surgery, ENT, have a big OBGYN uh, birthing center. So it truly is a regional hospital, and there's nothing for an hour and 40 minutes in any direction. Uh, so you have Omaha, Des Moines, and Sioux City. And so between Carroll and those hospitals, there's nothing but 25-bed rural critical access hospitals. And not all of them are able to sustain an orthopedic program. So what we can do to work together is I can do outreach and do some smaller cases there and then bring the hip fractures and the bigger cases here. So this week uh, we have made an agreement. Uh, we sat down 
with the CEO of St. Anthony's and the CEO of Audubon Hospital. And we agreed that I would go down there. Um, I'm going to start going down there doing clinic on opposite Fridays. So every other Friday, I will be doing surgeries there like uh, knee arthroscopy, shoulder arthroscopy, fractures that come through the ER, foot fractures, ankle fractures, wrist fractures, hand fractures. I will not be doing major inpatient surgeries down there, uh, joint replacements or hip fractures. But this is how this works. So Audubon's a small hospital in a, in a county with less than 10,000 population. I think it's seven. And their draw is probably bigger than that. But uh, it's not something that you can sustain a, a full-time orthopedic surgeon. So we go down and provide clinic, and, and that's going to help them keep their, their x-rays rolling, keep their uh, patients in the hospital there, I mean in their hospital network for things like physical therapy, CAT scans, all of those other sort of services, and then doing some surgery there, uh, again, on the probably smaller side surgeries. And then everybody kind of wins, and and uh, we are actively recruiting here at St. Anthony's for a second surgeon with the explicit intention of, you know, eventually it'll take a long time to to getting that to that third surgeon will take a long time. There's never been three surgeons here in Carroll, but the situation in rural Iowa has changed insofar as it's just harder to maintain some of these smaller hospitals having full-time orthopedic surgeons there. There are, are there are no full-time orthopedic surgeons in, gosh, I don't know how big of an area around Carroll, except for me, there are not, I don't know where the next closest full-time orthopedic surgeon is, um, but it's certainly going to be 50 miles or so, I would think. I, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm pretty certain about that. You know, before I came over, there were a couple of full-time orthopedic surgeons at a hospital right down the road from here, and they are both gone, and they've not been able to recruit full-time surgeons. So we, we've expressed some some interest in helping them out. But it gets complex. It's like it's like anything else. It gets complex. But we're very excited to be coming down to Audubon. I am very excited to be coming down to Audubon, and I know St. Anthony's is very excited about uh, developing that relationship. And I think it'll be good for it'll be very good for the patients because it's close. You know, I don't have to go all the way to Omaha or all the way to Des Moines. Although I guess Omaha would be closer, so they'd probably go there. But don't need to go super far to have their orthopedic care. And again, you know, with the Mako robot, yeah, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to say that we don't have the resources here. There's nothing that I know of in that they're doing in Omaha that we're not doing here in at St. Anthony's with respect to joint replacement or uh, shoulder adult shoulder surgery. Now, some of the things that they would do that we wouldn't do would be very complex revision surgeries and a lot of bone loss. But like for a general regular patient who has some knee arthritis and needs uh, a knee replacement, I mean, we've got the Mako robot and, uh, you know, I've done thousands of joint replacements. So there's really no reason to travel all the way over to uh, Omaha or Des Moines out of this area for that kind of stuff. And again, in Des Moines, they don't have a Mako robot that does total joints. I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. They do at Broadlawns. They do now at Broadlawns. So the one Mako that will do total joints is at Broadlawns, 
one of the Unity Point hospitals has a Mako that will do partials but not totals and not hips. So, you know, so we really have the, you know, the flagship equipment and able to do things like the Regen and 10 and the, uh, and the shoulder resurfacing that are super cutting edge treatments that are becoming more widespread but still remain on the cutting edge. And uh, there's some new things coming out this year that I'm really excited to, to talk about, but they'll be later in the year as that is how these things work in medicine. But, uh, but yeah, and, and, and like I've mentioned before, my, uh, my neighbor in Des Moines, she works for the Board of Regents for the University of Iowa. And, of course, they're working closely with the governor and, and the legislature with how to approach rural health care. And having rural centers is definitely part of the project. You know, I mean, for instance, having two full-time cardiologists right here in Carroll is something that you just couldn't possibly have in a 25-bed critical access hospital, let alone one full-time. I mean, a, a, a critical access hospital can't afford or can't maintain one full-time cardiologist. And and so so we're regional. We have, we have a uh, cancer center with uh, the most advanced radiation oncology equipment. I know that because I have a good friend in Des Moines who is a radiation oncologist, and she said, oh, you guys have the really good new stuff out there. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. So like I said, we're just uh, in the process of setting up this uh, this relationship with Audubon and, and hoping to, you know, get the foundation laid to, to really have a long-term situation where St. Anthony's Hospital is has developed into a long-term uh, regional provider of orthopedics and, of course, uh, all the other specialties I mentioned. So that's where I'm headed as soon as I sign off here. So... With that, uh, thank you all very much for spending some time with me today. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about uh, some uh, technical aspects of orthopedic surgery soon. And uh, I uh, I will be back next week, so you have a blessed week, Iowa.